0: Hey guys, it's Preston here. Before we get started with today's episode, I need to ask you for help. Every week, Clay and I show up ready to give our most authentic, genuine advice for freelancers trying to scale their business. But without a freelancer on the other end of the call, it's really just not as fun. So if you've been listening for a while, or even if you're brand new here and you still haven't joined us for a call, do me a favor and click the link in the show notes of this episode, or just visit freelance2founder.com and scroll to the bottom of the page. There, you can sign up for a time to chat with me and Clay. You'll find a short survey so we can learn more about your business. And we promise we'll do our best to help you take your freelance business to the next level. It's all free. There's no catch. We just love to air these conversations on the podcast. You don't have to be a podcaster. You don't have to have everything figured out. But in order to make this show every week for you and thousands of other listeners, we need your help. So visit FreelanceToFounder.com today and sign up. We can't wait to chat with you. And now on to the show. Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast famine lifestyle. And build your own sustainable business. At one point we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands.
1: Visit freelance2founder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now get ready to take some notes because an all new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now.
0: On today's show, I'm still out of the office. (laughs) I mean, I'm reading this intro right now, of course, but when we recorded this episode, I was gone. So our good friend Adam Wright fills in again with Clay, and they're joined by a real powerhouse of a guest, Steve Sims. Steve has done some incredible things in his life, and I'll let Clay do the official introduction, but suffice it to say, you're going to want to stick around and learn and be inspired by Steve on this one. He's been called the real-life Wizard of Oz by Forbes magazine, and his landing page features a testimonial from Sir Elton John himself, among many others. We'll see you in just a few minutes after this quick break. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com freelance spelled babbe dot com slash freelance and restrictions apply.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Freelance to Founder. I am Clay Mosley. I'm not Preston Lee on this episode. Uh, so Preston uh, trusted me enough to, to have myself and Adam, Adam Wright, to co-host this episode with our uh, very prestigious guest, I would say. Uh, this, so this is not a normal episode, so I thought it was super um relevant to have uh not a normal guest. <laughs> um, so so this episode is going to be uh so we have Steve Sims on and Steve is uh you know he's got the weirdest accent so we might have to subtitle this right on the video. <laughs> but, so just to make it all official, let me just read you the the his official biography uh, or bio. So it's like the real the Real Life Wizard of Oz by by Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine. Steve is a best-selling author of a book called Blue Fishing: The Art of Making Things Happen. He also has a second book coming out, uh, which we will talk about later in the episode. And he is a very sought-out speaker and consultant. He talks on big stage, uh, big stages. And uh, if you, I would say, really just go Google his name. Uh, go Google Steve Sims. That's the real way to figure out who this person is because you'll figure out that he is like, you'll find pictures of him next to like Gary Vee, Richard Branson, the list goes on. So I want to
2: welcome Steve Sims. Thanks for coming it's, on. It, it's a pleasure. And wow, what an intro. Probably the worst I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I try, you know, you know I, I just try to be entertaining. That's
1: all I care about. So like, so let's let's kind of dive. I, so I know there's going to be quite a few people who have Believe it or not, who don't don't know who Steve Sims is. Um, so, if you could give just a, a brief intro of like who you are and
2: why they should uh, listen to you. Wow, um, there's millions that probably don't know who I am. But the weird thing was, for 25 years, I was given the moniker of being the most connected man that no one knew in the planet. Uh, for tw- you know, just over 25 years, I worked with billionaires. Quite simply, spending their money to give them more interesting cocktail stories. (laughs) I was the, as they called the real-life Wizard of Oz, I'd get them a drum lesson with Guns N' Roses on stage with their favorite rock band. I'm famous for closing down the museum in Florence at the feet of Michelangelo's David and setting up a table of six. And then at nine o'clock at night, my client was having dinner with that view. And then halfway through his dinner, I asked him if I could bring in a local entertainer just to serenade him. So I brought in Andrea Bocelli to serenade him during his pasta. So I was the guy that did that for 25 years. Whew. Very few people knew who I was, uh, and that was absolutely fine. And then, of course, the book came out about five years ago, and only a few more people know who I am now. But I'm the guy that really challenges you to go for what what you can really do and not what you think you can achieve.
1: That That's Spot on. There's not a lot of people that can do everything that really only one person, right? That just that story that you talked about, like that,
2: that you're like the only person that's ever done that, right? I'm the only person that's ever done pretty much 99% of everything I've done. <laughs> uh, I'm the only <laughs> one that's ever done it. That's uh, amazing. That, that's amazing, but also kind of a little bit sad. Uh, <laughs> as, a, as a bricklayer from London, if I'm the one that's setting the bar, then fuck me, the bar's pretty low in it. You know, you're trying it yourself, so I just find it amazing. Okay, yes, the accolade. Hey, I'm the first one to do it. That's good, but sure for shit. If you've seen me do it, why aren't you doing it? You know, and that's the really dumb thing.
1: So let, let's talk about that because I, I I do want people to know like that you you do have a background in media, right? You own you have Sims Media with Henry. Um, so like, there's a lot of people here that have an agency or they do creative. Um, so, so let's talk about like the art of making things happen. Right. So like, how does someone wrap their mind around that as a, as a solo business owner?
2: All right. So that, that, that's good. And it's. We can make it very primitive. In fact, I'll pick on Adam for this if he's up for it. So Adam, I'm having a barbecue party this Saturday night, and I invite you along and you say yes. What's the first question you ask me? What can I bring? Bingo. That's the only question that ever matters in any relationship, and it's the one question that most people don't ask. You see, Hmm. if you're going to do anything, I don't care if you're going to be doing something with Elton John or with a company to get that contract. What can you bring to their party? And that's the thing that's quite openly overlooked. I'm a, you know, my dad used to say that the hammer's not the sharpest tool in the shed, but it's damn well impactful. So I've always (laughs) moved with impact and I've always looked at basic primitive steps that work. If I show up as a solution to your problem, expansion, amplification, marketing, branding, getting you to meet the Pope, Whatever it is, but if I turn up with that solution, you no longer care what I look like, my sexy accent. You don't care about any other of that shit. You care about that. I'm the solution to your problem, and how can you get it? That's all you care. So keep it basic. Whatever mm. you're looking to achieve, first of all, look at the person you need for that achievement to go through and ask yourself, what can I bring to that party? So that, that's really good.
1: So like so let's take a step back because I know there's going to be listeners thinking like but I'm I'm I just started my business, mm-hmm. right? They they just started it. like so like Adam and I just got done recording an episode and we we were talking about how like so Adam's been in the business for 10 years, I've been in it for 7 and we were reminding each other of like what we were when we first started. And so, like, I know there's gonna be people thinking, like, okay, what what can I bring? Like, how does this relate to a solo freelancer who does? Let's just say they do business locally. Like, what, what uh, from your your experience in being in media, right? Like, what is mm-hmm. it like that they can do? Like, real, very specific examples that they could do.
2: All right, specific examples they can do. I got that one there, Clay. All right, so the first thing is, I want to get over the bullshit of, oh I've been in the business for 10 years, oh I've been in the business for 7 years. What did you do 10 years ago that you're still doing today? Talking to people. And anything else? Uh, Pretty much, that's, Let's be serious. Yeah, I mean Yeah, it's, let's it's, be yeah. serious. The <laughs> the the territory, the landscape, of media changes over the years. Like pre-COVID, hey, if I could have got you an article in the New York Post, you'd have been over the moon. Today, Mm -hmm. it's fake news. I don't want to be in the newspapers. That's where all the the garbage is. The bottom line of it is, and you can think about this as a speaker. I know you speak on stages. Mm -hmm. so And you're you're aware of this because I've seen you speak. You're a great speaker. When you're a speaker, there are two things you need. Now, I know for all of those people out there go, well, I'm not a speaker, I'm in marketing. Bear with me. There's two things a speaker has to identify before he goes on stage. One, who's his audience? Who am I talking to? That's the exact same with marketers, isn't it? Who am I talking to? Who am I providing? But this is what speakers have to put up with and have to ask themselves. And the good ones ask themselves this second question. The bad ones don't. The good ones ask themselves the second question, what's the temperature of the room? Mm. Now, that's an important one. How many times have you gone along to an event and the speaker before you has been terrible and the entire audience has now got their phone out, they're pissed off, they can't get those 30 minutes back, that was a waste of time. You walk in, you've got to get their attention and you've got to basically dig them out of that hole. You've got extra work, yet you go on to another stage and the person before you slayed it, was absolutely brilliant, and they're all pumped, and you walk out there and they're just eager to consume you. (laughs) You've got to know the temperature of your room. So in today's world, especially over the last three years and especially over the next three years, the temperature of the room changes on I was going to say a monthly basis, but Jesus, sometimes on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, super frequent. Mm
2: -hmm. COVID was was the period of excuse. Oh, my God, I can't go to the gym. You fat fuck, you won't go to the gym before COVID. Okay? So it was the period of excuses. I can't make relationships. I can't contact. We had all of that. We had distress, distraction, noise, and upset. And then with all of that, we had politics. We had Me Too, Black Lives Matter, Asian Hate. We had all of these conversations we had to have. Then what happened? We got a bloody war in Ukraine. Now we've got politics and we've got the election in another couple of years' time. Now we've got a recession. and a, We only need the little green men to land and we've got everything. <laughs> yep. So the world at this moment is being bombarded with a ton of information. And here's the weird thing. I'm actually, I'm actually talking about this. A Traffic and Conversion this year. At this moment in time, in our period, in our generations, our desire for information is growing at such a speed that our ability to absorb is not. So we Mm. want all the latest technology. We want all these latest things. We want this information, but we can't actually retain it. Mm. So what's Mm -hmm. happening is we're getting so much information that we're actually digesting no information. Mm. So when you understand that climate, then you can actually change the way you communicate with people. You see, and look, we're all salespeople, okay? Yeah. We all love being sold. How many times in your life, pre-COVID, did someone start on that sales pitch and they gave you a one-liner and you went, oh, that's good. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> You respect it, don't you? Yeah. You know, uh-huh. and you're like, oh, that's that. That was pretty. You got me there. Man. Oh, yeah. you want me to go down this rabbit hole? Yeah, I'm going down there because I want to see where it goes. And you end up walking out of the of the shop with a fucking comb. You know, so it, it, <laughs> and you it, paid five hundred dollars for. it. <laughs> yeah, and you paid five because it's some <laughs> rare rhino horn or something. Yeah, you know? but you do that because you love it. But now we don't have that tolerance. Mm-hmm. If someone can't get to the point quick, what do you want? You know, like spam calls. We are so inundated with stuff. We're barking orders at Siri. We're barking orders at Alexa. We're barking orders at Amazon. We're telling people to scam call us to piss off. We're at this heightened level of tolerance. And we don't have the time for that. Someone tries selling us now. We're like, sod off, mate. Uh We, We don't have that tolerance now. So you need to know the temperature of the room. If you want a tactic and you're a small owner, and your your first statement was, I've only just started. I'm young in my business. That's selfish. That's all about yeah. you. I don't care how long you've been in business. I don't care how, how fat you are, slim you are, blue you are. I don't care how good looking you are. I care that you've got the solution to my problem. And you better let me know you've got it quick, fast, mm. and easy to digest. Mm. How do you How do you get like... So
1: Adam, I I want Adam to chime in here cause be, because the last episode that he's been recorded, saying
2: so
3: much so far, hasn't he? I didn't <laughs> yeah. even know he was yeah. on the same show <laughs> as us. Uh, I'm, so, I'm digesting. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> now
1: retain it. Now retain it. Yeah. Uh so we were talking about imposter syndrome mm-hmm. uh previous to this to this uh episode. So that's something that he and I, like, and I swear, every entrepreneur experiences. So like when you're new and you're saying like, okay, don't talk like, so no one cares that you just started and blah, blah, blah. Like, but like, how do you wrap your head around the fact that you're like, you keep thinking I'm not that good. I'm not good enough. Right. Because you
2: know, every yeah freelancer thinks that. Yeah, they do. But again, it's, it, you're looking in the mirror and coming up with the answer and that's wrong. You know, now I, I say it's wrong and I had it as well. We've all had it. So I'm trying to give you information now to shorten it. Because let's be serious. You're never going to be able to eradicate that imposter syndrome. It's mm-hmm. kind of something you have to go through, okay? But mm-hmm. I do want to sh- shorten that curve. I've been in rooms and gone, oh my God, I don't fit in here. You know, I don't look like this. I don't sound like this. I don't have that. Those are all me, me, me problems. But again, if I've come to the party with something, I'm now a solution. It's like the person that turns up to the party and they've got a ba- bag of jelly beans. Who wants a jelly bean? You know, they're now in demand. Mm. So what you've got to think about is get over your me problems and focus on their problems. Mm. Turn up as a solution. When I realized, and this is, this is, this is branding and marketing 101, I'm going to start a new business. Boy, I better have an attractive website. Oh, Hmm. there better be copy on there that's so elaborate, I can't even pronounce it. Let them spell it. I've got to have a funnel. I've got to have this. I've got to be able to push this button. And it does this graphic on the web. We all focus on the visuals.
0: You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane, effective home workout. That's because
2: I guarantee you, at one o'clock in the morning, if you get a headache, you're going to go to your kitchen cabinet. You're going to get a headache tablet. When was the last time you grabbed that box and went, nah, I don't like the logo? Mm. <laughs> it's never happened. Right. The second yeah. you validate yourself as a solution, everything goes away. And I found that the way to get over imposter syndrome was to turn up as a solution. And then all of a sudden, the eyeballs weren't on me anymore. Now. I I know you, Clay, you know, and this is going to be very hard for people to probably believe, um, but I'm an introvert. And a lot of people are going to look at me, and we we know each other, so I think you can believe that. But when I'm on my moment, when I'm on my stage, when I'm throwing my event, I have to be the entertainer. Mm -hmm. But the beautiful thing about an an introvert is they move with purpose. That's selfish because Mm -hmm. they're uncomfortable. You see, an extrovert, they'll go to the opening of a McDonald's and as long as they're at the center of attention, they're happy. And then when the eyeballs have gone away from them, they've got nothing. Yeah. But an introvert will go, well, why am I going to that event? Am I going to meet anyone? No. Well, I'm going to be uncomfortable, so I better get some bloody benefit out of it. But you're not going to get any benefit. Fine, then I won't go.
3: An introvert
2: (laughs) moves with purpose. So if you think of that with your website, if you focus on the purpose first, all the imposter syndrome goes out of the way. I'm telling all it, anyone out there that's a bit shy going, well, oh, it's easy for you. It wasn't. Yeah. But I've done it so many times now. I know I can sit here and I can drop, I can drop names that would annoy the crap out of you within three seconds. Okay. <laughs> if I haven't already. But Mm. the point is... Maybe I did that at the beginning. (laughs) You did that at the beginning. I doubt it. It was a pretty abysmal intro. But (laughs) the point is, introverts, you actually have an advantage. You can become optional extroverts when you need to, when it moves the needle, when it works. As you know, because you've already said it, I've got a book coming out. I'm doing a ton of shows and podcasts and I'm at the... After last, last night, I did six. Last week, I went to Vegas, and I did 11 studio shows in two days. Went back to my hotel, poured an old-fashioned, and just sat there looking out the window. Didn't utter a word, didn't turn on the TV, didn't turn on the radio. Just had to decompress mm. from all of that. Yeah. But introverts, I'm telling you, you got an advantage. Use That's it. That's good. Adam.
1: Yeah. how is this How is this retaining and digesting with you?
3: Well, I think what's what's resonating with me and how it might pertain to probably a lot of the listeners in the creative fields, right? Um, is where you can go wrong when it pertains to like website copy and marketing and your messaging is using too much uh fancy jargon right that your customer doesn't understand you need to speak in their language and what they're looking for solutions for so i think i mean obviously what you're saying like if you have a headache you're going to go grab a Tylenol they're going to be doing the same thing if they need sales they're going to be looking for a website you know so you yeah. know your messaging needs to communicate to their problems and what the solution they need
2: Mm. I had a friend of mine that once uh, put it better than, than than I could. He said, "There's a difference between being easy to understand and impossible to misunderstand."
1: Mm. Mm. That's good. That's good. Is that one of the big big names that that we would drop
2: <laughs> name drop? <laughs> well, it's, it's Brian Kurtz, uh, and, and and Brian Kurtz is quite a big deal in his in his copyright and Sandpit, but I don't yeah. know if he's uh as, as big as Elton John, <laughs> probably, <laughs> Brian probably thinks he is. <laughs> That's annoying, Steve. Stop dropping
1: <laughs> name dropping people. <laughs> uh, all right, so I want to, I want to kind of switch. I, I, I want to switch the gears a little bit. So I want to know, like, so a lot of a lot of freelancers here, they're they're probably thinking, okay, great. I want to start talking to people. I might want to get up on stages and things like that. But they have little resources, or little money, or little. Like very few connections to make that happen. What's the best like advice that you would give to someone that's solo
2: to be able to just start talking to people, right? In the right places? So the first thing I would tell them to do is to start talking to people in their local coffee shop. Oh, that's good. Now this may sound weird, but if you want to get arrested like you're a rapist, you <laughs> strike up a conversation in a coffee shop. And I've done this, and it's uncomfortable, yeah. but I do it often to help me. And as you know, I also go to prison to actually have yeah. conversations with people there, there for mass murder, you know, just so I can have uncomfortable conversations so I never have to. But in the coffee shop, here's the thing that happens, and I've actually done this when I've done training sessions with small companies. I take them all down to a coffee shop. I have to lead by example, always hate that bit, but you have to do it. And there was one that was really appalling and it was in San Francisco. Now, for any of you that aren't lucky enough to be able to see this podcast, I'm not exactly Brad Pitt. So, I'm <laughs> 240 pounds of tattooed biker. Not the prettiest guy on the shelf. So, when I come to you, it can sometimes be a little bit intimidating. Okay? Until you get to know how warm and fuzzy and lovely I am. But, <laughs> I get into this coffee shop. I've got about probably about six or eight other managers with me. And I went, like, right, boys, this is what you're going to do. Follow me. Watch what I do. And then we're going to pick on you doing it. We're going to be here until about one o'clock. So I walk, up to the co- I walk up to the barista at the till. And there's a girl in front of me that's ordering her coffee. And then she steps to the side. I order my coffee. And what happens, watch this. What happens when you're in a coffee shop? They order the drink. They step to the side waiting for the drink. But God forbid they can stand in silence for three seconds. The first thing they do, they whip out that phone. Happens every time, doesn't it? Anytime there's a line. I'm guilty. But here's something that I want you to start double checking. Okay? Most people... They won't pull out the phone and look at it with one hand. They'll look at it with two hands, and they will do this. They will hold it close to their chin as they're looking on their phone and they're doing their stuff. Now, if you remove the phone from that body position, this Uh. is what you're in. You've got your knuckles up, your elbows in. You're in a guided fighting stance. Whether you've acknowledged you're in a fighting stance you're in a very defensive stance. So your body, it's like talking to someone who's got their arms folded. Yeah. But you've now got both your fists up. If I start to strike a conversation with you, you're in a very defensive position. So I stepped to the side. I had to show the example. The example was being chosen on now by a girl that was in her low 20s and she's gorgeous. So there's me, this 55-year-old biker pervert, now trying to try and up a conversation with a 22-year-old hottie. And I said to her, oh, I like your shoes. The first thing she did while still holding on to her phone with two hands is look at her shoes like she couldn't bloody remember what shoes she'd put on that morning. Uh, and she went, oh, thank you. You know, and that was it. Conversation killer. Didn't want to chat to me. She looked at me like, oh, my God, go away, daddy. Um, And so then I continued. I went, hey, my wife just bought a handbag and it matches the color of your shoes. Where did you get your shoes? Do you mind me asking? Still holding on to both uh, both hands onto the phone. She's like, I I can't remember. Uh. I'm obviously bothering her. Now, here's where it got lucky. There was a little girl on the other side of her with I think her nanny or something that looked at me and then was looking at the shoes and smiling. So I went around her and I went, Do you like that color? And the little girl was like, I really like that color. (laughs) Now, for her to ignore me, fair enough. I'm an old pervert. But to ignore the little girl, she now looks like a bitch. Mm -hmm. So she's Mm. like, oh, you like this color? And I'm pulling her in. So after a few seconds, literally, she lets go of her phone with one hand. She's opening herself up physically. Yeah. Okay? Okay. And she went, actually, these shoes, and she's got her hand open with her phone in her right-hand side. Not totally off the hook, but she's now fully. And she went, you know, I do remember where I got this. And she told me where she got those shoes. Now, we had that conversation. The girl got her coffee, said goodbye to me, said goodbye to the little girl, and went off. The point is, it's very, very hard to have that conversation in a coffee shop. But how can you expect to get on stage and dominate six thousand people in an arena if you can't hold the attention of one person in the coffee shop?
1: Oh, that's so good. It's it's Mm -hmm.
2: they they should uh they should uh you should change the phrase to the art of making you uncomfortable. Yeah, well, I like to do that. As (laughs) you say, I went I went to prison, um, and that's always funny when I say that. Um, I went to prison, (laughs) I think, like four years ago, and it was a day trip to communicate with what they called EITs, Entrepreneurs in Training. Inmates Mm -hmm. that had decided that they weren't going to allow their mistakes to define them. They were going to refine themselves into legal businesses. Bear in mind, some of these people were making like $10 a year just in drugs, and they wanted to come out and open up a pet spa. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. But they wanted to take that hustle from one side of the legal world into another one, you know, or the Mm -hmm. illegal into the legal. And I found so much positivity from these people that wanted to change for their mum, for their wife, for their kids. You know? Bear yeah. in mind, a lot of these people were born on the streets. What choice did they have? You yeah. know? And I start, I did that for the day. I've been doing it for about four years now. I'm going back in November. And I love having that uncomfortable conversation. Now, as many times as I've been going, I went, I think it was about a month and a half ago, on one of the opening days, and it was very uncomfortable meeting people that I'd never met before, you know, that you know, had maybe like a scar down their face or they'd been shanked like the month before or something. And they're talking about positivity. I go home and I've got people bitching that their Facebook ads aren't actually bringing in the ROI. <sighs> that guy's trying to stay alive during the day while still planning a business for himself that he hasn't got the chance of parole in eight years. So mm. I really like to challenge myself to get uncomfortable because you have to get uncomfortable to grow. Mm-hmm. I think this is this is really good because like whenever I first started out
1: in, as a freelancer in 2015, like I I'm also an introvert and and just like you, a lot of people don't they don't think that I am, but I just know how, I know how to, I know when to turn it on. Um, and but when I first started out, I didn't know anything about marketing, sales, networking, nothing, and so, um. I had just previously, for context, like I was like fired from eight different jobs before I went employed, uh, self-employed, and I was forced to talk to people like very uncomfortably because I had no other choice but to do that. And so I, I, I don't know what it's like to like to to like actually have these like to do that like with were like just going to coffee shop like I did it very in a very most awkward way uh that you can possibly think because i had no idea i had no guidance no coaches no nothing and i just remember i remember going into like a i think it was like a leads group you know those local leads groups and I've you. yeah you just like stand up and you do your 1 minute spiel and it was the most awkward thing ever but that's how i got started i would much rather as uncomfortable as it is would much rather do the coffee shop thing than <laughs> <laughs> then do the little one minute like awkward thing. And so I think this is really good. Um, Adam, what what are your thoughts? Because I know like Adam's also an introvert. I'm gonna guess. So like what yes. what are your thoughts there? Like what how do you feel about the coffee shop thing? Because I I'm I'm gonna challenge both you, you and me, myself, to go do that. Cause I've never commented on somebody's shoes before.
3: I mean I can tell you for sure I'd be uncomfortable. I, I wouldn't just approach someone <laughs> random in the coffee shop, but I know that, you know, you have to push yourself to in those situations because I'm, I am very guilty and horrible at self-promoting and like, you know, talking about my business. Or if I'm talking to someone and I think there's an opportunity that to tell them about what I do. Most of the time, I don't because it's uncomfortable for me to talk about myself and my business. But that's not doing me any good, right? <laughs> no. Well, it's, if we look at if we we joked before about the seven and the ten
2: year, what have you been doing over those past years that actually, you know, you're doing today? And Clay turned around and said, "I talk to people." Well, here's the daft thing: you don't. 10 years ago, we were having greater conversations with each other than we are today. Mm. My fear is that during those 10 years, AI has been born. And uh-huh. how many of us have got kids? And I, I find it hysterical. I say to George, my youngest, I'll say, oh, George, turn the telly on and we'll go and watch the movie. He'll be like, okay, Siri, turn the telly on. <laughs> You know, (laughs) God, he can't even walk over and push the button. You know, we're now in a situation where they're getting their barking orders. AI is taking over. Now, at the moment, it's receiving and commencing a transaction. Okay. But how long before that AI? And you want to speak to a guy called Peter Diamandis if you want to get really scared. But we're talking about in a 10-year cycle, AI is going to be able to replicate the human accents it's going to be able to give you the slang. It's going to be like, what's up, dog? You know, it's going to to give you all that shit. It's going to know everything because it's learning. It's learning and it's doing it at an exponential rate. And for every two years, it doubles and doubles and doubles. You're going to be able to have a conversation and one of us could be AI probably in the next five to seven years and no one will be able to know about it. You know, uh, and that's scary. It's
1: very scary. So like, Preston, who's the, usually the co-host here, um, he mentioned to me there is a video software out there where it's actors, but you put in the text and it just moves their mouth and it, yep. you cannot tell that it's not actually them recording an original video saying a script.
2: Oh, it's, yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. And bear in mind, we've all seen these videos where we've put our faces on famous actors in like Marvel movies and things like that. The deep fake technology now, you know, they say, oh, you can't believe what you see. We watch these things and it's not the actor. How many times do you now, sadly, see a movie and the actor died halfway through it. Yet they're in every scene for the rest of the movie oh, for sure. because they've been able to deep fake their face into there. It's mm-hmm. scary the technology we got now and the ability.
3: Yeah, yeah. it really is.
1: I see it on TikTok. All, all, TikTok all, all the time. Like you, you see the deep fake like Tom Cruise. Yeah, uh, there's that guy that does that. And I swear, it just it looks exactly like Tom Cruise. Yeah, you would not yeah, know.
2: Yeah, you're on TikTok for the Tom Cruise fakes. Yeah, sure you are, mate. Okay. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's,
1: I want to talk about the book that's coming out, right? So go for stupid. So tell us about what that is about and why people should
2: get it. So at the beginning of COVID, I was thrilled, I didn't have to fly anywhere. I didn't have to drive anywhere. I didn't have to go anywhere. So I was getting extra hours in the day coming at me. It was like a gift. And I was very happy. I I remember during COVID, like within the first... And I I plough a lot into a week. But after two days, I'd completed my week's work. It just gave us all this extra time. And the people that I was talking to... We're developing new programs and platforms and businesses. It was a great time for creativity for those that accepted it as such. For the other bums of the planet, they're out there trying to binge watch Netflix while we're trying to find out what we can launch. And I suddenly got very aggravated at this excuse economy. And you know me, I'm not very subtle, so I'm going on Instagram just calling it out as I, as I felt. Well, wow, you told me my intro was abysmal. Well, there you go, you know, and it's your show. Um, so I start kind of like plugging these things out, and a few people said, you should write a book on these excuses. And then COVID got even deeper, and we got into the cancel culture and the gotcha society Mm -hmm. you know we were picking up on people that dressed up as fancy dress chinamen or indians in like 1987 then we're canceling their entire career because they did that you know i just found it unbelievable how we like to point and jeer at people so it started and i went down and i started speaking to some very famous friends of mine and talking about how do you handle these people laughing at you and in an environment where everyone seems to want to cancel you and they want to find out something's wrong. you got a president. Now, I don't care if you like the guy or not, but he's doing shit on a daily basis. But what makes the headlines? He trips on the step or, you know, (laughs) he drops something. (laughs) For Christ's sake, we're looking for a reason to laugh at people. I'll give you a good example. Do either of you have a truck? I don't. No. Do you like trucks? I do. Yeah. You both like trucks. Did you see the unveiling of Elon Musk's Cybertruck? <laughs> yep. Who did? <laughs> There's the point. I did a podcast this morning with a girl in Australia. She doesn't even like cars, but she watched it. So, from a wow. marketing standpoint, he released a video on something, which, yep. to use Clay's words, who didn't watch it? Okay. Mm-hmm. On top of that, that ugly ass thing. <laughs> sold out of all slots before the end of the live stream. You imagine yeah. before you've even built the product, you sold out. Oh, yeah. You'd be over the moon about that, wouldn't you? Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. But what were the headlines the following day? The, the unbreakable glass broke. <laughs> <laughs> we, f- we had to find a reason to laugh at him. Oh, my God, the bulletproof glass broke. Well, let me just be blunt. If you're searching for a vehicle and in the specifications is bulletproof glass, you've got a much bigger problem, (laughs) okay? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But this is what we wanted to do. We wanted a point in geo, And I suddenly thought to myself, we're not frightened of trying. We're actually not frightened of failing. We're frightened of people seeing it and laughing at us. Hmm. And there's this old saying. Hey, what would you do today if you couldn't fail? Well, let's be blunt. If we don't fail at stuff, we don't become educated,
1: right? right. So
2: I change that, and I challenge it. What would you do today if you didn't care? Someone laughed at you. Mm. That's you would risk more. You would try more. You yeah. would fail, and you would glory in the education you got. And so I went through some friends I knew, stuff I had done, there's stories of stuff that I've got up to, how to handle ignorance, how to handle imposter syndrome, how to get your right mindset, but more importantly, how to set yourself stupid goals and then dare to reach them. Never use the word impossible, gives it too much value and fuel. It, It should no longer ever be in an entrepreneur's vocabulary, but set stupid goals. And then here's the dumb thing you actually end up achieving them. So you go for more stupid goals. And if they're not laughing at you, you're not aiming high enough. Mm, that's good. How do, uh, how do people find the book? Well, it's really hard. You just go to Steve D. Sims, absolutely anywhere. D for dashing and one M in Sims. Steve D. Sims on Instagram, Twitter. Anywhere you can see, And this should be anyone out there. Anyone in marketing... Can you list every URL and social platform on with, like, (laughs) one line? Or is it underscore the real, maybe Steve Sims? Yeah. Steve Sims underscore bald bastard one, two, three. You know, that shit's (laughs) stupid. You should be able to say, hey, if you want me, I'm Steve D. Sims anywhere that you consume your media. And that's where it is. So if you want to find it, Amazon on October the 18th, or just look up Steve D. Sims, or another way, Text the word sims s i m s two three three seven 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 perfect. So if
1: you can't Thanks. add of after after all of that, can't find it, don't worry, we will put it in the show notes
2: <laughs> <laughs> for the so, stupid people. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, I think that's, I think that's a uh, we can call it a wrap here. I think that's uh, this has been a really great episode, lots of ton, like tons of value. Um, you've already told everybody where they can find you find your book uh, I want to thank Adam for co-hosting here thank Preston for letting us do it with Adam and finally uh, thank you Steve Sims for for coming on uh, any one last tip for
2: anybody listening yeah the first time you do anything it'll be shit <laughs> so get going and then get good perfect example is my it. introduction to the podcast today <laughs> there you go all
1: right, guys. That's awesome. Thanks a lot. Thanks, See Steve. you
0: guys. Bye. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Milo. Visit M-I-L-L-O dot to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, Visit com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of The Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at ThePodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquim Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelance or by searching
1: freelance to founder in your favorite podcast player.
0: While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: That's all for now. Until next time, see ya.